Good morning, ladies. I want to thank uh, our sponsors, Devoren of Avi Orlan, who continue to sponsor in memory of their beloved daughter, Miriam Esther, whose neshama should have an aliyah. Amen. We are still in the same piece by the Salaam Rebbe on Elul. It's discussing Elul, but really it's relevant, as we've been saying, to the entire uh, year, and talking about the special relationship that we have with Hashem, Vanis Filasi, the notion of taking our ani, taking our sense of self, our I, and nullifying it or submitting it to Hashem, trying to make our will conform to his, his. And when we do that, then He reciprocates and He expresses His love and affection back directing it towards us. Ani, I take my ani, my sense of self is lidodi, and then dodi is to me. And that's what we've been talking about. Last week we focused on anis filasi lecha, Hashem. I'm trying to direct my, as to, as for va'ani, as for my sense of self, Svilasi, my prayer is, Lecha Hashem, that I can direct it to you, Be'es Ratzon. And we talked about the different times in our life that are in Es Ratzon. You experience something that you think is a coincidence. You witness something magnificent. You tap into the energy of Shalashidus, of Elul, of the Yom Naram, Dirshu Hashem Karov. You call out to Hashem when He's close to us, the time of the year that we have the greatest access to Him. All these are considered to be Es Ratzon. These are moments that are predisposed, auspicious moments, moments pregnant in time with opportunity to be able to connect with Him. And the mandate, the mission of a Jew is to seize them, is to take advantage of them, is to bottle them. You had a moment of inspiration, there was miros, there was divrei Torah, there was something that moved you, capture that moment of being moved, bottle it, so we can come back to it, so we can revisit it. I think last week we spoke about the phenomenon of having uh, have kids write letters to themselves, they can come back and read, the future self can read a letter from their past self, so when they were in that moment of inspiration, they can come back to it, and that's our mission as well. So we're on page Rejnan on Bays, the bottom left paragraph. Does everyone see where we are? Kemavur Barashe Tevos. Yeah? Okay, we'll keep reading anyway. As appears in the acronym for Elul, Anila Dodi Vedodili, the entire theme of the book of Shirashirim, Shakashir Yehudi Makayim Anila Dodi, when a Jew successfully fulfills Ani Lidodi, like in any relationship we keep coming back to, like in marriage, like in friendship, like in. Any meaningful relationship in life, ani lidodi, when a person can put the other ahead of themselves, when a person devotes and dedicates themselves to the other, then miskayim bo vidodi li, then the other one reciprocates. Every young couple I counsel, I meet with before their wedding, I always tell them the Jewish notion of marriage. I always tell them the ksuba does not talk about what you're entitled to get. The ksuba talks about what you're responsible to give. When you have two parties who are givers, then you have two happy people. When you have two people who are takers, you have a divorce, you have friction, you have unhappiness, you have people who are looking to, to take from one another. So the same is true in our relationship with Hashem. If you walk into the relationship with Hashem, if you woke up this morning, you say, okay, God, I'm entitled. What do you got for me today? Am I going to win the lottery today? What are my stocks going to do today? What kind of nachas am I going to get today? What kind of opportunities am I going to have today? Okay, God, bring it on. Shower the bracha on me. Take, take, take. Take from Hashem. That's all I want to do is take. What about the giving? What about God's priorities? What about His needs? What about putting what He wants first? What about putting what He wants first? It's not only true in a romantic relationship of a husband and wife, it's true in the relationships of parents and children. Parents says to the children all the time, look, if you care about what I care about, if you put what I care about first, then I'm going to care about what you care about. I will inconvenience myself 
I will selflessly spend my resources on you instead of me. I'll do what you want. I'll invest in you. If you show me just a hint that you care about what I care about. But if you want to dismiss and neglect what I care about and tell me it's not your problem and you don't care about it and why should you have to do it and all that, from whether it's helping me clear the table to I'm asking you and chasing you to daven to everything in between. If you don't care about what I care about, why should I care about what you care about? Relationships are reciprocal. And again, when you have two parties who are prepared to give, you have two parties who are prepared to compromise, to prepared to do for the other, you have, to happy, you have a happy relationship. You have two happy people. And you have people very focused on taking and receiving, you have two unhappy people. Elul, ani l'dodi v'dodi li. Ani, my ani is l'dodi. Hashem, I don't care about what I want. I care about what you want. I want to bring you nachas ruach. I want to bring you joy and pride. So what you want is what I want. Derech ha-tshuva hi ani l'dodi. And this is the path of tshuva. To nullify and cancel every sense of self, my sense of anochi, my sense of I. We live in a world where it's all about the I. I, 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 what I want, my pleasure, my life, my desire, my identity. Me, 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 I, I, I. Who, uh, Rabbi Shapiro, North Miami Beach, used to have a whole routine. And in the old world, they used to eat Krep Lach and Krems Lach and everything Lach. And now it's the iPhone and the iPad and the i. <laughs> used to be, uh, you had a whole routine. In the old world, it was all focused on the other. Lach means you. Krems Lach, Krep Lach. All the foods had to do with you. Today, the technology is all about me. The iPhone and the iPad and the iMessage and the i this and the i that. So we live in a world that's anochius. It's I, 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 I. My happiness, my desire, my want. I can define myself however I want. I can pursue whatever pleasure I want. I can do whatever makes me happy. The whole world needs to conform to me. You can't have values, you can't have standards, you can't have priorities. Me, me, me. I spoke recently to a group of students somewhere, to, to a group of kids. And um, without getting into details, I just remember when I was a kid, if a, kid, a boy came to school and their hair was too long or their clothing was too inappropriate... You got sent home. You have to be a mensch. You can't come back till you get a haircut. The kids who came home, you can't get back till you have a haircut. Or if you had a haircut, but the haircut was too funky, you can't come back till you... Don't come back till you fix that haircut. You can't come back till you fix that haircut. Now, you're afraid. But that's the kid's individual expression. What if I tell him you got to get a haircut? Or a boy, you got to take that ponytail out. Or the this, you got to do that. Or you're this, you have to be that. What's it called? A bun. A man bun, it's called. I don't know. So today... There's such fear that everybody has to be able to be happy. I, I have to conform to your happiness. The Torah, menschlichkeit, derech eretz, the curriculum, the standards, the values, the policies, it all has to conform to you because you deserve to be happy. We grew up, we had to conform to it. This is the policy, this is the standard, this is the expectation, this is the derech eretz. So we're living in a world of radical anuchius. It's radical I. It's radical what I want, what I need, what makes me happy, my individuality, my expression, my identity, my orientation, my want, my desire. So what's the derech ha-tshuva? Not, Hashem says, look, if it's all about you, then there's no room for me. <laughs> there's not enough room in this world for you and me. If it's all anochius, if it's I, 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 there's not enough room. There's not enough room. So the derech ha is to be mevatel. How do we grow as people to shrink our sense of I? You want to improve your marriage? Try shrinking your sense of I. 
You want to improve relationship with children, with your parents, with your friends, with your boss, with your coworkers, with your colleagues, with your neighbors. Be mevatal anochi. It's true in every relationship. Most poignantly, maybe even most importantly, in our relationship with Hashem, but it's true in all relationships. Work to diminish the anochias, the I, the ego, the id. Put the other person first. Be a mevater. Be willing to forego and to nullify and to let it go. And, and you'll see the relationships around us will thrive. When we do that, a Baruch Hu reciprocates. He reciprocates. You know, we're talking about the whole I, I, I. So in the Sefer, Bilvavi Mishkan Evna, Yam Narayim of Schwartz was talking about, we've quoted this last several weeks, kind of learning two things simultaneously. The Slanam Rebbe and this piece I was going through called Ra'avon Ruchnius, hunger and appetite for Ruchnius. And he's been talking about how the human being is composed of two Simultaneously, we're composed of two parts. We're the body and we're the soul. We're the animal and we're the godly spirit. And each is incomplete without the other. To be a body without a soul is a golem. It's nothing. It's worthless. But to be a soul without a body has no expression, no purpose in this world. The whole mission of this world is to be a soul housed by a body who has free will and makes meaningful choices. And he's been developing, we've been sharing this idea that the, the body has an appetite, the body gets hungry, it instinctively knows it needs to eat, and no matter how tired we are, we eat something on the way to bed because I'm so hungry I couldn't go to sleep without eating. What about the appetite of the soul? Have we trained our soul to be hungry, to have an instinctual appetite, to intuit an appetite, to be unable and unwilling to go to sleep if it hasn't been fed some Torah, some Tehillim, some Chesed, to have this hunger? And he talks about, um, I think I told you last week, how our entire... Jewish calendar is really a gastrointestinal calendar. It's a physical calendar rather than a spiritual calendar. We relate to everything about the foods rather than the soul. So I was learning it again, and he continues and he says, Bekelm, in, in Kelm, which was one of the Musa communities, one of the Musa yeshivas, a student of the of Yisrael Salanta, the altar of Kelm, Hayuan Hashem Shalafnei Rosh Hashanah, Kishapakshua, In Kelm, when two Jews would meet, and one would say, No, Manishma, what's new? How are you? What's new? So, how do we answer what's new? When you run into a friend and they say, what's new? What do you say? Baruch Hashem. You say, Baruch Hashem, Baruch Hashem. <laughs> says, Baruch Hashem. But how do we answer? What are kind of typical answers we say? Ah, uh-huh. oh, you know, there's a sale at the, whatever, Nordstrom's. I just got this incredible clothing. I just joined membership. That new gym that opened across the street. It's incredible. They've got a deal right now. You could join membership. Oh, I've been cooking for Rosh Hashanah. I started a month ago and I froze some things, but now I'm making the rest of the things and I'm cooking now. Oh, I got a new car. My lease was up and looking at the deal I got and I was able to get the car that I thought I couldn't get, but I got the leather Mercedes, the Tesla, whatever. When someone says, how are you? What's new? All of our answers, all of our answers have to do with the physical world. I just lost a lot of weight. Ugh, I can't believe what I look like. I just gained a lot of weight. Or I just, all of our answers, all of our answers. Listen to what he says was the Minigin Kelm. In Kelm, when a person in Elul would say, what's new? How are you? They'd say, listen to this incredible shir I just went to. Listen to this geshmak tvar Torah I just heard. Let me tell you about the daven and the shachris I had yesterday. Let me tell you about the tehillim I plan on saying later. In Kelm, someone said, new? What's new? What's machstu? What's new? How are you? What's going on? What's new? Right, Facebook. What, what's the Facebook ask you? What's, what's, you're supposed to post? What's on your mind? Whatever it asks you. Right? So the world says, Here's, what's on my mind? 
Here's a picture of the dessert I just had. That's what's right. on my mind. <laughs> and my, here's my nebuch, my poor kids. I made them hold up a sign the first day of school and they put a picture. That's what's on my mind. In Kelm, they'd ha- if they'd had Facebook in Kelm, when, when Facebook would say, what's on your mind or what's new or whatever Facebook asks, they'd say, I, I grew in Yerushalayim today. What's on my mind? Listen to this Dvartaira, listen to the davening, listen to the chesed I just did, listen to the chesed I want to do, do you want to do it with me? It's an entirely different paradigm. It's an entirely different way of living life. He says, if you, if you don't answer that question when someone sees you, what's new, differently than someone who didn't have Torah, than two non-Jews saying what's new, or two non-observant Jews saying new, then what is Torah in your life? And what is the Torah in your life? Two non-Jews say to each other, what's new? They say, did you see Nadal won the fifth set at 2 a.m. last night? Did you see what happened? Did you stay up? It's possible. Maybe I happen to catch it. But did you, see, did you see what happened? That's what, so if you're, how do you answer the question differently if you're a Jew than a non-Jew? How do you answer it differently if you have Torah in your life than if you didn't have Torah in your life? And if that's not our instinct to answer, having to do with our neshama, then which is the real us, our body or our soul? So it's not that we are a body and we have a soul. We are a soul and we have a body. So why don't, why, why don't we talk that way? Rosh Hashanah is coming up. It's not just about the roast or the honey or the apple. Or which new fruit did you get? Or, or did you get the new suit, the new clothing, the new outfit, the new dress? It's about what did you do to grow in your Shemayim and Elul? Did you take on listening to a new shir every day? Did you take on saying Tehillim? Did you take on trying to daven a little bit more? Did you take on doing chesed and caring about others? Did you say, listen to who I invited for the meals because I was concerned they had nowhere else to go? Not just the roast. So it's all an orientation and it's a paradigm and it's a major, major shift in how we are and how we are leading our lives. He says that, um, we'll come back to the son of Rebbe in one second, but Schwartz says really so beautifully, he says, you know, our, our day is divided up into units or parts. So give 90% of it to your body. 90% of it to our body. Earn your parnasa, go to the gym, shop and cook the food, eat, sleep. Do 90% for the body. But are we giving 10% to our soul? If we are a soul and have a body, if the ikr, if the core of who we are, if the central part of who we are is the soul, not the body. So, okay, we're taking care. We're, we're, we're nourishing the body and we're, we're, the body's indulging. But what about the soul? What about the soul? Give the soul a little bit, at least a little bit. So he says, what do you mean? I don't give my soul 10%. I woke up early, I went to Slichus, and then it was followed by Shachars, and later I'm going to go to Mincha, and then I go to Marv, and I do the Daf, and I go to the class, and I do the Chesed, and I say the Tehillim. Aren't I giving it? So he says, no, you're only giving it externally. Are you giving it with the body or the soul? Even the mitzvos, even the soul things you're doing, are you doing them with the body or the soul? So are we doing them as empty actions? Are we going through the motions of doing them? The Gemara quotes, Rahmana Libabai, that Hashem wants our heart. He wants the inner depth. He wants what, what comes from the inside. So even when we do the things of the soul, are we doing the things of the soul with the body? You know what it's like? It's like, you know, so the wife says to the husband, you don't give me any time. You're always golfing with your buddies. You're running out to the shear. You're working deep into the night and you don't give me any time. So he gives her time, but the whole time he's with her, he's on his phone. Or he gives her the time, but he's distracted. He's eating dinner with her at the restaurant, but the game is on in the background, and his eye keeps going to the game in the background. So she says, honey, I, I, I wanted your time. He says, what are you complaining about my time? I'm here, aren't I? 
I'm not with my friends. I didn't go out with them for the cigar. I'm not watching the game with them. I'm not at the shul at the shir. Aren't I with you? She says, listen, if you're going to be here, then be here. If you're going to be with me, then with me. It's nice that you feel you could put a check, that you, you made the time, you carved the hour in your calendar, you went out with me at night for dinner. But you weren't really with me, even when you thought you were with me. So in the hour that you finally dedicated to our relationship, you weren't even giving to our relationship. Kosh Baruch says the same thing. Rahmana liba boy. I'm proud of you. Baruch Hashem, you came to shul, you davened, you opened the sitter, you opened the tilm. It's nice you did those things. But when you're doing those things, do those things. Liba boy, I want your heart. I want your love. I want your emotions. I want the real you. I don't want your absent presence. I want you to be fully, fully present in what you're doing. Listen to his words. Hashem doesn't want us just going through the actions, the motions. The golem of Prague. A golem, a robot. Actions a robot could do. You don't think in 2018 we could design a robot and you sit and you program it. You wouldn't even have to type. You could speak to it. You did voice, you know, you say, uh, Alexa, go to Shacharis and say pages 27 to 62. And then Alexa, go to Rabbi Sugarman's Dafyomi, Menachos, Chafei, and then turn the page halfway through and do the second side. Alexa, Alexa, could you go to the soup kitchen and serve? You could tell a robot what to do. It's like Golem of Prague going through the Masim. Legolem But we're not supposed to be living life like a golem. We're not robots. There's supposed to be a neshama, a heart, a soul to what we're doing. And he says, this is about what we're about to start saying. What are we going to start saying, Rosh Hashanah? Remember me for life. Yesterday in the Parsha Shir, we quoted a word of the Chafetz Chaim, appropriately, on Melech Chaim. So Hashem, why am I asking for all of this? Give me life, give me health, extend my life, give me resources in life, help me be alive, help me feel alive. All why? So that I can serve you, so that I can fulfill your mission so that it could execute on your vision. So he says, but we're liars. Because if all we care about is our body, not our soul, if our calendar is set by our stomach, not by our neshama, if our interest, if our pride, if the answer to the question, how are you, what's new, what's doing, is all about our body, then really we should say, God, give me life, give me resources, give me everything, why? Not lamancha, lamani, for me. For me, because I love your food, Hashem. You make such good food. I love your food. <laughs> I love your clothing. You have so many great clothing at, at uh, Neiman Marcus, Nordstrom, and Bloomingdale. I love your clothing, Hashem. I love the cars you make, Hashem. I love being able to watch tennis, Hashem. I love Lamani. Give me all of that so I can better serve who? Me. Anochi. Ani. If we want Ani Ladodi, then it's got to be Lamaancha Elokim Chaim. Hashem, why do I want health? Why do I want to be alive? What's the greatest nachas for my children? Dr. Pelkovitz always talks about every family has a bumper sticker on the back of their car. Every family's got the bumper sticker. What does yours say, right? Some of my kid goes to the Ivy League school, and my kid goes to this, and my kid goes to that. What does our bumper sticker say? What does our bumper what, what, what do our children grow up knowing will give us the greatest pride? The highest SAT score? The best LSATs? The Ivy League school? When they earn the seven figures, what that they do will give us the most nachas. That too, that's okay. They can give us that nachas. Nothing wrong with that nachas. 
I can have that nach- we'll gladly take that nachas. But what will give the greatest nachas? The lama'ani or the ma'ancha? The things that they do for themselves, the achievements and the accomplishments they do. Abba, single digit handicap. I broke through. I'm only a nine in golf now. That's the nachas? Lama'ani? The greatest nachas our children need to know from a young age. You got a great grade? That's so amazing. That's so nice. I'm so proud of you, my dear. But did you treat someone nicely today? Tell me something you did for someone else today. I quoted many years ago a Harvard study, not many, a few years ago, a Harvard study that, that talked about that. They polled children. What do your parents ask you? What do your children care more about? How well you do in school or how you treat others in school? And overwhelmingly, the children responded, how well I do. And why? Because what's the question they're asked when they come home every day? Not, did you treat someone else nicely today, but how'd you do on the test? What grade did you get? 96. Where are the other four points? What happened to the other four points? So what do our children think? Are we living lives of lama'ani or lama'ancha? And what do our children see? Do they see us living lives of lama'ani or lama'ancha? Are we a golem? Are we a robot? Are we another version of an Alexa? That Kosh Baruch was saying to us, go to shul, we go to shul, go to, we, go, we go through the motions. We're just Alexa, we're just a robot going through the motions. Or is there an neshama? Are we a golem? Or is there a soul? Is there an neshama to what we're doing? Is Ani Lidodi, are we giving him the best of us? Are we giving him the essence of who we are? Of who we are? That's what this is all about. Being Mavatal the Anochius. How does an Avera happen? The eye sees, and then the heart desires, and then the body performs. So how does the opposite, the inverse? If the way that we come to make the wrong decision is exactly that formula, the eye sees, and the heart wants, and then the body goes and executes. So then how do we become holy? Following the same formula, but in the opposite direction. To have the right mindset, to strive for Kedusha. Let the I see opportunities for Kedusha. You know, you get in the message board, oh, they're getting together, they're saying Tehillim, I gotta go to that, I can't miss that. Oh, there's a Shir, the Shon Gimim Mizrahi video, I don't wanna miss that. Oh, there's a opportunity, somebody's looking for a meal, we've got plenty of room at our table. If you live life where your eye sees, not the Sahara. Your eye doesn't see, oh, there's a sale at Nordstrom, but your eye sees there's someone who needs a place to sleep for Rosh Hashanah. Mm-hmm. Then the heart will desire that, and then the, uh, the body will follow through with the actions. Mm-hmm. It says, Lift your eyes to the heavens, and you'll see who created everything. So the Salaam Rabbi says, it doesn't just mean literally look your eyes to the heavens. Clouds, there's a lot of rain to look at lately. Look at the stars, the constellations. I wrote about when I was in Montana, what you see is really in the sky all along that we can never see. So it's not just look to the heavens and you'll see who created everything. Look to the heavens doesn't just mean literally physically look to the heavens. It means look at the heavens. Live a life where you're looking through the view of the neshama. You could look through life with the body glasses or you could look through life with the soul glasses. Do you see bodies or do you see souls? Do you see opportunities to indulge the body or do you see opportunities to indulge the soul? Do you see opportunities to feed the body or feed the soul? David HaMelech says, 
that my, my soul thirsts for God. You ever come back from a hike or you came off an airplane, which is very dry, or you just finished exercising and you need a drink. Your mouth is so dry, your tongue is stuck to the top of your mouth. You just need a drink so badly. So that's when you need that drink so badly, then that's how we're supposed to need Hashem so badly. So I can either direct my eye that my eye sees sales and brand names and labels and all kinds of yitzah and my eye sees cheesecake and chocolate cake and pint of ice cream. Is that what my eye sees and then my heart wants and my body executes? Or does my eye see my eye sees Spiritual opportunities. Oh, there's a shir. Oh, they getting together to say tehillim. Oh, there's a chesed opportunity. And does my heart then crave that? And kol atzmosai tomarna. Is my body trained? Does my body train? Kol atzmosai. All of my bones scream out, Hashem mikamocha. Ulu madrega zu zoche yehudi. Kasher mekayim ani lododi. Shemizbata kulu l'ashem izbarach. And when you get to this level, a Jew merits. He fulfills, she fulfills ani lododi. Shemizbata kulu l'ashem izbarach. Now again, I want to just make Sha'az Vidodili, and then a Baruch Hu reciprocates. And I want to make the same disclaimer again. It's not suggesting that we get to a level where don't watch tennis, the U.S. Open, don't eat anything that tastes good, don't ever shop and buy something nice, just wear a sackcloth. And uh, it's not what Torah wants from us. The Torah says, Hashem says, I created a beautiful world, and I want you to enjoy my kinder and go enjoy. Kashbarka is like the ultimate mother. He says, Ask my kind to go eat. Eat my good food. I made good food. It's for you. Eat. Eat and relax and enjoy and wear clothing and drive a nice car. Live in a nice house. Enjoy a beautiful silver becher. But Hashem says, Enjoy. Just don't ever confuse that the reason you're enjoying it is because of this world and is for you, for your ani. Enjoy it to better position you to fulfill your purpose and why you're here. So you need to relax. Relax. Watch the US open. There's nothing wrong with that. You need to eat? It should taste good. Enjoy, eat. You need clothing? Look nice. Be put together. Be attractive. The aesthetic also describes, it reflects Hashem's beauty. There's nothing wrong with all of that. But is it an ends to itself or is it a means? Is it the ends that it's serving me? Or is it a means that the lidodi li, that ani lidodi, that I'm doing all of it to serve Hashem? The measure, the metrics which to measure everything that we're doing is, lema'ani elokim chayim? Or lema'ancha elokim chayim. Why do I want it? For me? Or I want it for you? Do I want it for me? Or do I want it for us? For our relationship? It's a good metric to measure our relationships in life. I want to go here. Or I need to do this right now. Why do I need to do this, honey? Why do I need a break? Why am I going out with friends? Why do I need to attend that? It's not for me. It's for us. I want to be better relaxed. I need to eat for my work, for us to succeed, for us to have what we need. I need to go there right now. To measure everything in life, not from lema'ani, but lema'ancha. To live a, not egocentric life, but other-centric life. To be connected. The recipe for Elul is no different than the recipe for all the relationships with our life. It's just that our relationship with Hashem is the most neglected. Unfortunately, tragically, it's the most neglected because it's the harder to see. You see the other people in your life. And believe me, if you neglect them, you hear from the other people in your life, right? So the people in life, we see, we touch, we hear, we have all the senses are met in our connection with them. Because none of our senses are met. You don't smell them, touch them, hear them, see them. None of our senses are met with Hashem. Now, again, you can 
see him, smell him, touch him, feel him, if your antenna's up and you're open to seeing him in life and throughout life. But in the most literal sense, in the most practical sense, we can't connect with Hashem through any of our senses, so we struggle. So therefore, it becomes the relationship which we neglect the easiest and the most. But it's the most important relationship. And it's the relationship that brings us the most meaning, the most fulfillment, and the happiest. Just like in all relationships, the more that my ani is to the other, the more the other is to me, the happier we are. And the same is true with the Ribbon Shalom. So we should be Zocha that when we say these words now in Elul, Zochreinu Lachayim, Akash Baruchu, remember us. We're not going to meet again before Rosh Hashanah. Zochreinu Lachayim, Akash Baruchu, remember us for life. It should be a good year of life, of health, of sustenance, of nachas, of simcha for us, for our children, for our grandchildren, for our neighbors, for our friends, for Klal Yisrael. But why Ribbon Shalom? When you're choosing whether to give me that, why? Why? What, what is it all about? Rosh Hashanah, we're being Mamlech Hashem, we're declaring Him Melech, we're coronating Him, we're renewing His dominion over us. So what happens? When you declare someone king, what happens? If you look in the Torah, you see no mention, no mention of Yom Hadin having to do with Rosh Hashanah. It's Yom Hazikaron, it's not Yom Hadin in the Torah. No mention of Din. How did it turn into Judgment Day for us? The answer is very simple. Because it's Coronation Day. We are declaring Hashem King. So what happens when you vote in a new president? You know what happens at their inauguration, if not at the inauguration, the moment after? The king sits down and says, the president sits down and says, who should I put in my cabinet? Who from my campaign staff is so important? I need to keep them around. Who am I giving a job to and who am I letting go? So we coronate a Kodesh Baruch Hu, We declare him king. And then he immediately says, okay, I'm king, I'm in charge, I'm the ruler for another year. Let me take inventory and see who to keep in my cabinet, who to keep around, who is serving my kingdom, and who's in it for themselves. I quoted in the weekly from Reb Melech Biederman, who quotes from Reb Victor Miller, that somebody asked him once, what should I do to succeed on Rosh Hashanah and Yom Adin? And his answer was, smile. Smile a lot in Elul. Why? He said, imagine, you know, Walmart is determining which workers they have to, they're going to, it's the new year, and they're reviewing the Walmart. Who should we keep around? Who should we let go? So they say, you know that guy in the front, the greeter, the big smile? Do you know there are people who shop here just to get a smile from him? So I don't care how old he is or how inefficient he is, but his smile brings customers back. Keep him around. We got to keep him around. Our business can't afford to lose his smile. Said Rabbi Vigdan Miller, the Rebbe feels the same way. You smile and Hashem says, I got to keep him around. I got to keep her around. That's a Kiddush Hashem. That's people getting people close to me. That's a Kiddush Hashem. So the Rebbe looks at all of us. So what worker do you keep around? The one who always has the interest of the company, of the corporation first? Lamancha? Or the worker who's in it for them? Leaves at the first opportunity, comes at the last moment they have to come, always wants a raise and the most money, always puts themselves ahead. Who are you going to keep around? So the biggest argument we can make to the Rebbe Shalom next week, coming into Rosh Hashanah, is to say, Hashem, I'm asking you for a lot. I want Parnassah this year. I want health for me, my parents, my family, people I care about and love. I'm asking for nachas for my children. I'm asking for this, that, and the other. I'm asking for a lot. But you know why I wanted Hashem? For the, for the company, for the corporation, for the mission statement, the value statement, the vision statement of, of this company called the Jewish people. That's why. I'm asking you for all this stuff. But you know why? It's not Lama'ani. It's not me. I'm not the ends. Life is not all about me. The world doesn't revolve around me. It's Lama'ancha. So, Baruch Hu, please give it to me. But not for me. 
because I'm asking for it, that in itself is the most compelling argument of why you should give it. So we should all be zochef for a year of Chaim, a year of Chaim that's Melech Chafitz B'Chaim, a life that would make the Melech proud, the life that Hashem wants us to want to have, and wants us to have, and wants us to live. And you should answer, all of our hearts desires, Latova Amir Tzah Hashem.